it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, November 18th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Frizzlini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here on another hour and a half special edition of the Sports Mix. At 12.15, we'll be joined by Chris George, color analyst for the Bridgeport Indians radio broadcast. Then at 12.30, we'll be joined by Eric Little of WVVV in Parkersburg as Parkersburg South hosts Muscleman Tonight, which we'll be able to hear, hear Eric Little's voice as we'll have their feed on radio beginning at 7 p.m. And then at uh, 12.45, we'll be joined by Christian Palmer. Hopefully, he is the voice of the Huntington Highlanders. Heard from him last week as uh, Huntington host Jefferson this weekend, uh, tomorrow at 1.30, and then uh, deter- that will determine – uh, where one matchup will be next week. And then later on, we'll get into Shepard WVU as well as the NFL. But, uh, guys, it all starts tonight as number one Park South hosts number eight Musselman. Yeah, exciting game uh, tonight between those two schools. And, uh, you know, great opportunity for Musselman going up against the number one team in the state, a chance to pull off an upset, a team that's been competitive with. Uh, some of those teams that either Musselman's beaten or been competitive with as well. So I think there's a chance for Musselman to go on the road and get a win tonight. Um, it will be a tough task. You know, I don't want to over undersell this Parkersburg South team because the more you look at them and the more you kind of hear about this team, uh, it's a very explosive offense. It's going to take, you know, a really good performance from the Musselman offense to keep pace, I think, tonight which has been an issue at times. You go back to the Bridgeport game where they just were in the game early. It was 28-21 at one point, and then Bridgeport just pulls away and really makes it tough for Musselman to come back, and that's a similar thing that could happen tonight. But I like the way Coach Thomas has this team playing right now. I think they have a chance to win, and it should be a fun ball game. I'm expecting a back-and-forth, you know, high-scoring kind of game. It should be uh, a good one up there at Park South. I agree, and Musselman needs to match the intensity and emotion that they had last week against Wheeling Park, and I think Coach Thomas will make sure that his team has that intensity and emotion and is ready to go tonight against Parkersburg South. And we've been saying it all week long that this game will actually be very competitive compared to maybe what other people believe around the state since it's a 1-8 versus and they know how good Parkersburg South's offense is but we also know how good Musselman's offense is and how good that team can be as a whole. They were able to turn the table last week against Wheeling Park, who beat them in the regular season by 27 points, and it was a huge swing for Musselman last week. So I expect them to be competitive, and I hope that they're competitive enough to maybe sneak out a win. But it's definitely going to be tough going up against Parkersburg South. David Wood on Facebook says Park South by at least two touchdowns doesn't give Musselman any any uh, chance in that contest. But I think it'll be it'll it, we'll see how much I think Musselman has improved. Uh, we saw them beat a Wheeling Park team they lost to earlier in the year, and now 
can they beat a number one team in the state for a huge upset? That's the huge question. Uh, it'll be tonight again, 7.30 kickoff. We'll have coverage thanks to WVVV in Parkersburg on Talk Rated WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 beginning at 7 p.m. with Eric Little, who we'll hear from here in a little bit. Uh, the other game that we're not really going to mention today, though, is the only other game tonight in AAA as number five George Washington's at number four Hurricane. That's a that's an MSAC matchup that is uh, touted as the uh, Mount Metro News game of the week. I think it's going to be a good contest. Both teams coming in at nine and two in the four and the five. I honestly think Hurricane just destroys them. I, I really like Hurricane's offense, and I think that they get the job done. And that would be the one that I'd say is actually two plus scores potentially yeah i don't know i think this is obviously you know a matchup of five versus four that's why you probably see them going with it as the game of the week uh you know closest two teams in terms of ranking in the state and earlier though in the year george washington lost 56 to 7 so you know we talked about last week for musselman how difficult it would be on paper to flip a 27-point game, but we also knew that Musselman just didn't execute in the red zone in that outing. Uh, but 56-7, you're not going to flip that to be a close game. So I think it's more than two touchdowns tonight. I think it could be three or four. Uh, Hurricanes got a really good football team. Um, you know they've been competitive against some of the top teams in the state. They just got a 50. 50- Six to thirteen win over University. I think we could see a similar score here tonight. GW almost got upset by Princeton, um, so I don't give them much of a chance. All right, uh, Nick doesn't give them much of a chance. That's interesting. All right, that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix. You already talked about it. I, I know. Mean, I said fifty-six I to seven, Spencer. Yeah. How's it? How's it? Y'all give them stuff. much of a chance. I think that's a good matchup. But uh, we'll see how it plays out tonight. That'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll break down Martinsburg hosting Bridgeport with the color analyst for Bridgeport Indians Radio Network. Chris George, that'll be after this. Two-minute break, you're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer deaths in the United States each year. But do you know the radon levels in your home? 
Home is a place to live, love, and laugh, not a place to breathe air containing radon. The Berkeley and Morgan County Health Departments are distributing free confidential radon test kits, and you can get yours at the Berkeley County Health Department office in Martinsburg and the Morgan County Health Department office in Berkeley Springs. Protect your home and family. Get your free radon test kit today. Your Martinsburg Bulldogs state title defense continues Saturday night as the Bridgeport Indians come to town seeking revenge from last year's semifinal. Two receivers to each side for Bajan. He sends one from right to left. It's a jet sweep to Clement. Clement goes up the middle, lowers his shoulder, goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Tune in Saturday at 6.30 as your Martinsburg Bulldogs host the Bridgeport Indians. And it's right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Friday, October. It's November. I was going to say October. (laughs) I wish it was October. It's still a little warm outside. It wasn't this cold outside. Welcome back to this November 18th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us as we'll now break down uh, the visiting portion of the Martinsburg-Bridgeport matchup with uh, Bridgeport Indians color analyst Chris George. How are you doing today, Chris? How you doing, guys? We're doing well. How are you? Yeah, doing good, although it's hard to believe it's November 18th. I agree with I know. you. It still kind of feels like October, but the weather feels like it's December. Yes, yes, it does. And uh, an extra day, uh, not a Friday matchup this week. It'll be another Saturday matchup for Bridgeport, uh, but they're going to travel up to Martinsburg uh, tomorrow for a 7.30 contest against the Bulldogs. What, uh, what's, what's been uh, different about this year's Bridgeport team compared to last year's? Well, there there is there's differences to every team. You know, it's the same system. I think being in the being in the system another year always helps. You know, a lot of these seniors that were sophomores played a lot of football now for three years, and being in the system helps. I think right now at this stage of the year, Bridgeport's at its healthiest point. They've had it's not that they've had a ton of injuries. They just had some bad injuries at bad times during the year. A couple guys here, a couple guys there. And as any offense goes, you're always going whenever you're at your full peak when you have everybody available. And they've had a guy out here, a guy out there. And then for the since the Musselman game, they've really been at their healthiest all year long. And it's really shown with the numbers offensively and what they've done. So the difference with this group is it's the offensive line is better than a year ago. The backs are a little different. The backs have a combination of power and speed, where last year we had a speed back and a power back. And uh, it, it, that's the difference you can see right there. The numbers are a little bit slightly off from where they were a year ago, just because the first two games, Zach Roaring didn't play. He was out with a foot injury. He ends up being a leading rusher. He's well over 1,200 yards on the year. Uh, Phil Reeve was that constant grinder as a fullback, but he too can throw it. He can run outside as well. He's got a little bit more speed. So I guess all in all, that's, that's kind of the way the look Bridgeport shows you this year compared to last year. Chris, uh, this is Nick Verzellini. Uh, last week, you got or Bridgeport goes and takes down Cavill Midland. A lot of people thought there was a potential for an upset there, or at least it would be a close game, but uh, really a dominating win for Bridgeport. What do you think uh, allowed them to get that victory last week? You know, it's always funny. You know, everyone sees when they play Bridgeport like, oh, well, we got to prepare for a single wing. Well, Bridgeport 
they got to prepare for the triple option. And they did a great job doing so. Uh, Cabell Midland is, is a, like Bridgeport, a rare team. You don't see the triple option that often. Uh, got in, got off to a quick start. After getting down 6 nothing. they scored on a big play, on a big run from Roarig. And they just kind of set the stage after that. They really executed. Cabell Midland sold out defensively trying to stop the run and enable a couple of big runs for Bridgeport. They were able to take a big lead, and they went on to win that one, 41-13. But they really executed offensively. The line did a great job getting to the second level. And defensively, Bridgeport did a great job, really after that first drive, getting a couple stops early in the first half against Cabell Midland, forcing them to punt and allowing Bridgeport to build to their lead. And Cabell Midland, just when you get a triple option team down, it's just hard for them to come back. And Bridgeport did a great job there in the first half, setting that big lead. Chris, Colin, thank you for being on the show today. Uh, just a season as a whole, what have you seen uh, progression-wise for Bridgeport? Well, just kind of like we talked about, they played the first two games of the year without Zach Rorick, and a turnover bug hurt him against Morgantown. He had three costly turnovers there and lost that game 10-6. to Rorick is a special back. He's a lot different than any of the backs we have. He, he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that runs with power and speed and He's really come on since the first part of the year when he was limited with that foot injury. In the Princeton game, it was another game where Bridgeport had three turnovers, and then Princeton recovered an onside kick to start the second half, which they converted into a touchdown. And they were just kind of playing behind the change, behind the eight ball there in that one. They were able to make a comeback for Princeton. Very very good underrated football team wins that one. So what has happened since that Princeton game? They went from minus one in turnover margin to plus six, I believe it is right now, maybe plus five. So they've really improved on that just since the Musselman game, which is the next to last week of the regular season. That's when this team's really started to turn the corner and kind of peak, I would, I would say. And you always want to peak late, no matter what sport you're in. I think Bridgeport, after that Princeton game, really got refocused. And uh, they got back to fundamentals and stuff like that, and they've been really playing well since then. So it's definitely a better Bridgeport team now than it was back in September. And. These two teams matched up last year in the playoffs, just was in the semifinal round instead of the quarterfinal round. It was a 21 nothing shutout for Martinsburg. How does Bridgeport flip the script this year? Yeah, they got sustained drives. I mean, let's face it, Martinsburg's got a ton of talent. They're the most talented team in the state of West Virginia for a reason, you know. And it's not just offense. They've got talent on the defensive side of the football. You know, when everyone thinks Martinsburg, they think of speed, they think of athletes. Yeah, they've got speed. They've got athletes. They also have strong interior play as well. You know that. You see them every week. And we knew that as well. We were able to drive the ball inside the 20. But we couldn't get any further. We couldn't sustain drives. Martinsburg's defense really got tough inside the red zone last year. So Bridgeport wants to be successful. They're going to have to sustain drives. They're going to have to keep Martinsburg's offense about where it was at last year, 21, maybe 28, whatever the case may be, under 30, and they've got a chance. But they have to sustain drive. They can't turn the football over, and they're going to have to limit the big play, which they did a pretty good job of last year. So all in all, it comes down to offense. It comes down to sustaining drive and scoring. It kind of reminds me of the Parkersburg South game where Bridgeport won that game, 28 to 20, they sustained drives. Yeah, they had a couple turnovers in that game, but they were sustained drives. Parkersburg South got a couple big plays on them, but they were able to keep them out when it mattered. They did force a couple turnovers, and that also would be a positive for Bridgeport if they could force a couple turnovers tomorrow as well. Chris, what do you think are some uh, strengths of this year's Bridgeport team? Some strengths uh, with offensive line, number one. It's better than it was a year ago. 
It's healthier now than it was just a month ago. That's number one. Number two, defensively, the front four is really good. Uh, middle linebacker Phil Reed had 19 tackles a week ago. He's a strength. The secondary is better now than what it was earlier in the year, and it's just because they're just learning the system and getting better at one another. Uh, this team can throw the football. The numbers don't show it, but they do have the potential to throw the football. Phil Reed throws a very nice ball, and he's a catcher on the baseball team. So if they need to throw a pass or two, which a lot of people chuckle at, but he can, he's capable, and they have guys that can go and catch it. So that's kind of the strengths that I see at this Bridgeport team. They're stronger than a year ago. These kids have been in the weight room. They got a new weight room. They built one for them last year. Great donations throughout the community. Tons of people helped out, and that helped this football team live in the weight room from January to where we're at right now, and it's really showing. Let's talk about Bridgeport's special teams because we know from Martinsburg that they really Mm -hmm. want to use special teams to their advantage, whether it's onside kicks, everybody knows, or – the little sky-high short kickoffs, and then on the return side, they have a tremendous Jameer Hunter. So how is the special team's preparation this week in Bridgeport to get ready to go up against Martinsburg? I think you hit the nail on the head. What you guys do is what we do as well. We have Taylor Thomas who can execute all those kicks like you just mentioned. Josh Love, Ty Martin in the return game have done the very same thing you guys have. Uh, a lot of them have been – you don't see as many touchdowns, but there's lots of 80 and 90 and 60-yard returns that were just kind of caught short. Defensively, Bridgeport's done a heck of a job. Now, they did let one get out earlier this year against Lincoln where a ball was muffed by a Lincoln returner, and then five guys ran by him, and you know what happens after that. It goes for a touchdown. So they have allowed a special team score on a kick this year. But overall, this has been a very good Bridgeport special teams group of, I guess you could say offensively and defensively. Uh, they work on a lot in practice. They really focus on special teams, and, and they, they get some young kids out there that Bridgeport's got a lot of depth in this program, and they got a lot of young kids that deserve to play, and they can't fit in offensively and defensively right now because of who's above them. So they fill them out on special teams that helps them there and it helps the team. So it's a good special teams unit. It really is. And I think like Martinsburg, you know, they match up pretty well there. Chris, uh, how do you think Bridgeport, if, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I guess, how do you think they match up with Martinsburg and what would they need to do to get the win? Well, I think it's very similar to last year, except I think Bridgeport needs to run their full offense. I really do. I think last year they tried to do the best they could to keep it between the tackles and try to run the clock and manage their way down the field. I think this Bridgeport team just needs to go out there and just be who they are and just run their full offense because they have the backs that that can get up inside, that can get to the corner when needed. And defensively, they're going to have to contain the big play. I've said that over and over and over. They're going to have to set the edge defensively, both in the run game and, you know, in the pass game. They're going to have to do a good job tackling in space. Martinsburg is going to make plays. They're going to score some points. They're too good. I mean, we know that. They're they're a solid football team. Everybody knows that. But Bridgeport has to stop them from taking a 10-yard out into a 60-yard touchdown. And they got to limit the big plays over the top. We know that Bajant loves to throw the deep ball when he has the opportunity. And, and it, it, they've got to do a good job there. So all in all, if they can do all that, they've got a chance. Now, that's a chore. That's, that's, a lot said, that's a lot said right there. And I think forcing a couple turnovers will also be key in this one as well. All righty, Chris, final question. Let's just quickly get your thoughts about the other games in AAA this week. Okay. 
Well, I tell you what, uh, Parkersburg South is is a machine. Now, I don't know if they can match Martinsburg or Bridgeport, which I saw at the line of scrimmage, but I think Parkersburg and Musselman is going to be a fun game. Musselman definitely, we know, you know for sure, has good offensive, you know, Ray Adamas and and Hartman, they have a chance to score some points, but I really like Parkersburg South in that one. And Huntington, and, 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 you know, you look at Huntington, I think that right there could be a team that really, it, it scared me all year. I've really been impressed at how improved they've been the rest of the year throughout the season. That went over Hurricane, I think, has them playing their best football this season. I, I, that's one team other than Martinsburg would not want to play right now is Huntington. So I think in AAA, I think all the favorites will end up getting the victory. It comes down to this Bridgeport-Martinsburg game. I really do. I think this is the best game of the weekend. I think Saturday night, they save the best for last, and we'll see what happens. But I think all the other matchups, I think the favorites will get the victory there. All right, Chris, thanks for the time, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Hey, guys. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks. That was Chris George, the color analyst for Bridgeport Indians football. And that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a supply store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll be joined by Eric Little of WVVV in Parkersburg, as he'll have the call tonight, which you can hear on our radio. Uh, 106.5 FM AM 740 as Musselman travels up to Park South. We'll t- uh, hear from Eric Little after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. As Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The American College of Emergency Physicians recently announced that WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department has once again achieved the Bronze Standard Level 3 Geriatric Emergency Department accreditation. This program recognizes emergency departments that provide excellent care for older adults and have geriatric appropriate equipment and supplies available. Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department is one of two geriatric accredited emergency departments in West Virginia. WVU Medicine, leading healthcare here and everywhere. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be this football season. Join us Fridays for Martinsburg Bulldog games, Saturdays for Shepherd Rams and WVU games, and every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights for the NFL primetime games. We still have steak night every Wednesday, shrimp nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. So come on in and enjoy the Palace Lounge. We're located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Tom, I hit your car with a softball. Did you throw it or hit it off the tee? Off the tee. Whoa, good hit, kid. Good thing we know Cody from Cody's Auto Body. I'll text him now. Oh, Kenna, I heard you hit your mom's window with a softball. Good hit. Keeps me in business. We can get you in lickety-split. No Hey, that's a bad word. Shut up, kid. We won't drop the ball on your car. Every repair is a grand slam. Bring your car to Cody's Auto Body. As always, it's Cody's with a T for trust. Hey, you can't say that. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as we get you ready for another Class AAA uh, playoff weekend, I guess you call it now. I feel like there used yeah. to be a lot more games on Fridays. Now everything's Friday and Saturday. So you got half tonight, half tomorrow. Um, one of the games that is tonight, though, is the Musselman game. They're traveling to Park South. We're now joined by the radio voice for the Parkersburg South Patriots, Eric Little. How's it going, Eric? I'm doing all right. How are you all today? We're doing well, and uh, you're going to have uh, a great matchup tonight. Musselman, who has you know, held the number one spot for a week earlier in the SSAC rankings, and then they went up to, to uh, Park uh, Wheeling Park, and they uh, fell in that game. But it's going to be a big matchup as number eight Musselman travels to number one Park South tonight. Yeah, I think when you get to this point of the postseason, all the teams left are good teams, and it doesn't take a, a deep dive into stats to see that they both have put up prodigious numbers on offense. They both have done some good things on defense, and they have a lot of similarities in personnel. I think it's uh, statistically tough to tell Baden Hartman of Musselman apart from Robert Shockey of Parkersburg South and Ray Adamas of Musselman from um, Cyrus Trough, Parkersburg South. You know, both do very similar things. You know, the quarterbacks both run, they both throw. Uh, Adamas and Traw are both multi-talented threats on both sides of the ball that can make plays uh, in all three phases, really. So uh, I think it should be a lot of fun. Eric, when you look at this matchup, uh, number one versus number eight, and while Parkersburg South's offensive numbers have been really great all year, they have had some close games against teams that weren't necessarily toward the top of the state, and a lot of those games were shootouts. Do you think tonight's game has a chance to be that kind of game again? I think it could be, you know. I think I think it's a matter of just when you're dealing with really, really elite talent offensively, it's tough to stop that. I mean, you see the same thing in in college football a lot. It used to be the SEC was a league where you had a lot of nine, six, ten, nine kind of games, and now that's not the case. Um, the Big Twelve is known for shootouts as well, and I think what you're, what that is a byproduct of is more just the amount of talent and skill and speed that you have offensively. So, you know, I think the South defense has held their own um, when they have needed to. Uh, they only allow 263 yards a game on average-ish, and they've had five defensive touchdowns this season. You know, so they can take it away when they need to take it away. They can score in that phase of the game when they need to do so. And uh, they can turn teams over, turnover margins plus 15. So uh, they create takeaways. They get stops when they need them. And I know they've uh, they've allowed a lot of points in some games this year. But, hey, you know, when you get an offense that can, uh, that can write a check for some of that, it certainly helps. Eric, this is Colin McLaughlin here. Thank you for being on the Sports Mix this afternoon. Last year we got to see Parkersburg South in the first round against Martinsburg. So what is the difference from this year and last year's team? Really, there's not a lot personnel-wise. It's just they got a year older, a year more mature. Um, you know, when you get bounced in the playoffs, uh, it's you, you hate to say there's a, anything good about that, but you get the playoff experience 
of going to the playoffs, albeit, you know, you go up against Martinsburg. However, you know, this is a group that came away from that game hungry, motivated, and determined last year. So the core group of guys that was not playing a winter sport or a spring sport, they were in the weight room uh, from January on. And there's a lot of guys that really bought in. And a handful of players came into our studios. I host a morning show here on our station. And they came in, I want to say it was to promote a benefit dinner that they were putting together for one of the players' fathers. And five of them, you know, I, I could tell by the look in their eyes when they told me, hey, we're going to be we're going to be something really good this year. We're going to be special this year. I could tell they bought in and they believed it. So that was that was this spring. They they knew they were they were ready to go, loaded for bear and hungry for the season. And really, I think that's what it is. It just comes down to the fact that they returned a lot of guys. Um, they returned guys that were hungry, and they took that playoff experience and turned it into fuel for a big 2022. And when you look at this 2022 record, they are 10 and one on the year. They're one loss to Bridgeport, a 28 to 20 loss, and then they got a close win over Morgantown in overtime, Wheeling Park, a 32-27 victory. And then uh, that last week, where I know a lot of people were watching that 49 to 41 victory over Princeton, that uh, really kind of took down to the last two weeks to solidify where they were going to be in the uh, where the rankings would put them but uh, they were able to win two close games in the last two weeks of the season to get them to that number one ranking where everything runs through Park South until uh, up to Wheeling Island but uh, how much did that help the team the last couple weeks knowing if we can get the number one or number two seed everybody's going to have to come here well I think it's a big deal Uh, and you always in Class AAA, look to try to stay away from Martinsburg. I mean, no matter where Martinsburg is in the bracket, you know they're they're the team that has done it for so many years and so many consecutive years, and they've done it so well. So you'd like to face them um, either on Wheeling Island or in a semifinal at your place. You know, if you had if you have to get them at any point in the postseason, I think the takeaway from the end of their season is just the way they won. They battled some. Uh, issues there. They lost their second best receiver in the Greenbrier East game. Uh, not one of the better teams on their schedule, but uh, he's the guy that's accounted for the second most receiving touchdowns this season. He's been a big threat on special teams as well. And they were down uh, after a really sluggish start there. They came from behind in that game. They came from behind against Wheeling Park and Princeton both. They walked it off against Morgantown in overtime. And uh, you're going up against Wheeling Park and Princeton. You're seeing a couple of the states better. Uh, quarterback-receiver combos, and we'll see another one tonight, too. Uh, so uh, I think the big takeaway from the way their season ended is just the resiliency they were able to take from the way that finished. I mean, they played six, took the bye, and then the last four, and unfortunately they went to the bye week with that loss to Bridgeport, where they came out of that, and they've played really inspired football down the stretch, I think. Eric, we've talked a lot about the two teams' quarterbacks and their wide receivers, but what do you think, I guess, are the key matchups at the other position groups tonight? Well, a lot of it's going to be um, defensive line for Parkersburg South against the muscle and offensive line. I mean, this is a South defensive line that's got Tyson Wagner, Brendan Bean, Demetrius Gearhart. Those are guys that are hungry to get to the quarterback. Uh, Gage Wright is a linebacker. He'll also be the running back. Um, tough to stop both ways. Uh, gets into the backfield, leads the team with 13 sacks and 23 and a half tackles for loss. And he's also run for uh, 23 touchdowns this season on the offensive side, seven of those in the last two games. He's a state champion wrestler. 
rugged, tough kid. And on a night where it's going to be below freezing, uh, there's nothing sticking right here, but I'm looking at the big picture window at our station right now, and it's been snowing for probably about the last hour or so. So it's that kind of night. It's snowy. It's nasty. It's it's going to be cold tonight, bitter cold tonight. So if you're still uh, if you if you're still in the uh, listening area and you're considering a trip this way, and you haven't looked at the weather, well, one, look at the weather. Two, go find some long underwear or buy some. And three, uh, go grab an extra blanket because it's going to be a chilly one tonight. But uh, that's the kind of night where I, I think running the football is going to be uh, a very big thing. And so for Parkersburg South, they'll need their run stoppers, the guys that get in the backfield to do big things. Uh, and for Gage Wright, that's him on both sides of the ball, you know, stopping the run and then um, being that guy to help pound it down somebody else's throat. Um they will need him to do what he has done the last couple of games, and that's put up numbers, and that's um, just continue to keep things going with that running attack. So, Eric, that perfectly segues into my question. With those weather conditions expected for tonight and going on right now, has Parkersburg South played in conditions like that this year? I don't think anybody in the state's played in conditions this cold, uh, unless you're like in Preston County or something like that or out in the mountains. Uh, it's uh, we're looking at a temperature around 28 at kickoff tonight. Um, South has had a couple rain games this season. One was early in the year at Woodrow Wilson, and they play on turf. One was last week at home, and there's still grass at the Erickson Hall Sports Facility. So you know, they weren't in the monsoon that we had last week, but they were a day after the monsoon in the afternoon. We were still raining it pretty steadily at the start of that game. So I, I think – even if it's a different kind of bad weather, I think playing in any weather that is less than ideal uh, shows your resolve and, and builds some resilience and allows you to uh, learn how to do it when maybe things aren't feeling their best. Let's be honest. No one's going to be feeling their best really tonight, um, save maybe somebody that's having the game of their life and they're on cloud nine anyway. So it's going to be bitter cold, and I think um, you'll have to lean on some of that resilience you've built in the other weeks where the weather wasn't 100%, and um, and go from those experiences to do it tonight. All right, Eric, final question. How do you think the uh, rest of the Class AAA shapes out this weekend? That's a good one. I, I think the real toss-up is going to be the 4-5 game, the other other game tonight. I think uh, you got George Washington and Hurricane. Uh, South is scrimmage Hurricane, so they're familiar with the personnel there at least. But um, George Washington has been up and down a little bit. They've got that impressive win against Cowell Midland early in the year, and they could have been beat by a really good Princeton team, and I thought that Princeton team, when we saw them in week um, week 11, I, th- I thought they were good enough to be uh, a quarterfinal team. That's a team that uh, is a little bit of a surprise, to be honest with you, that they're not playing this week. Low seed as they were, because I-, I was very impressed with that Princeton team. So I, I don't know what to expect out of George Washington, Hurricane, and um, I tend to think Hurricane kind of pulls it off in a close game. I think the one that your listening audience is be the most interested in is Martinsburg and Bridgeport. And I think if there's anybody that's going to pose a threat to uh, – I wouldn't say if there's anybody that's going to pose a threat to, to Martinsburg, but I think a candidate to do so would be someone that plays a vastly different style of football. And that's what they do in Bridgeport. That's a single-wing attack. They just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. You'll not see them throw it more than maybe three times tonight. Uh, and if Martinsburg can get up on them early, that's the way to beat them. 
you get up on them early, you put them behind the chains, you get them off schedule, and and otherwise deny them from being able to do their thing. Um, when South played Martinsburg or South played Bridgeport this year, they lost time of possession by 20 minutes in that game. Uh, South had seven possessions all night, three of them in the second half. So I, I think that the style of that game, that unless Martinsburg jumps up big or unless Bridgeport makes mistakes, that's going to be a score that's really close. And it'll have people who don't know how Bridgeport plays. It'll have people look at that like, well, what's going on with Martinsburg? But that's, you know, just, it's, it's going to be a different brand of ball game. Trust me on that one. And then Jefferson Huntington, I feel bad for Jefferson because, you know, that's the second weekend in a row they're traveling to practically the same place. They played Spring Valley last week, and that's no more than a 15-minute drive from Huntington High School. So it's the exact same trip that they just made. And I have no reason to believe they couldn't win it from that standpoint. But um, Gavin Lokow from Huntington is the real deal as a quarterback, great athlete. And um, I think if you can defend a good quarterback, uh, that's what uh, Jefferson is going to have to do tonight. But either way, I think um, – I think these are some solid quarterfinal games, and I'm, I've always been a fan of the quarterfinal round of the playoffs. It's my favorite weekend of the playoffs because, um, you know, teams that the, the Cinderella teams that maybe pull a round one upset, they get a bit exposed in the second round. You know, there aren't slouches. Slouches cannot exist past this round. Everybody else is really good, and I think sometimes you get some of the greater matchups. In a, in a tournament when you got that quarterfinal round, especially in football. So I think there's gonna, these are four really good matchups this week, and um, I'm interested to see how they all turn out. Eric Little, our guest, WVVV in Parkersburg, voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. Thanks for the time, and thanks for allowing us to uh, take your feed tonight for the game for the Muslim listening audience. Hey, we very much appreciate having you all on for the effort tonight, and, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you at 7 o'clock tonight. All right. Thank you, Eric. Have a good day. Thanks. That was Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, the voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots, which you'll be able to hear tonight starting at 7 p.m. on Talk Rated WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740. And uh, thanks to the gracious people up there at WVVV for giving us the audio feed to the game. Uh, unfortunately, logistically, it didn't work out that we could uh, do this game, and I think it would have been harsher on travel with the snow up there to get back for the doubleheader that we'll have tomorrow. Yep, so we'll have uh, that on the radio, and then I believe there is a video stream to the game. We cannot put it on TV10, but we will share the link to our Facebook for those that want to follow along to the game that way as well for Musselman tonight. Yes, it'll be from WTAP in Parkersburg, uh, the NBC affiliate up there as well. Uh, But uh, thanks to the good people of Parkersburg for uh, allowing us to uh, air these games somewhat and uh, share these feeds for them. But uh, thanks again to Eric Little. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. I think we're going to move things around potentially here, Nick, right? Yeah. Uh, Christian Palmer is supposed to be our next guest, but he's at an eye doctor appointment, and he's been there for like two hours because of waiting. So... So, just got oh. sent back a few minutes ago, so I'm thinking one one fifteen. We could probably get him on. How about we come back? We'll get our takes on the Martinsburg game because we didn't really talk Martinsburg. And we talked we Jefferson talk too. Still got yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll do that after this two minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten.
with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. It's the excitement of NCAA Division II football on TV10 featuring the Shepherd University Rams. Looks to throw. Throws to the back of the end zone for Morgan. Caught touchdown, Shepherd. E.J. Morgan with his first career touchdown. Join us this Saturday, November 19th, as the Rams begin their playoff push against the New Haven Chargers. Kickoff is scheduled for noon with pregame coverage beginning at 1130 right here on TV10 and WRNR-TV on YouTube. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. We were going to be joined by Christian Palmer, play-by-play voice for the Huntington Highlanders. That's going to get moved back to 115, so he'll be joining us 115 to break down the uh, – his thoughts on the Huntington Jefferson game, but uh, let's get our thoughts one final time about the Huntington Jefferson game. Everybody's counting out the Cougars except for Eric Little. He was kind of giving them a chance, I think. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, I think Jefferson's going to go and, and do it again. Why not? I'm rolling with the Cougars. I'm rolling with the EPAC schools. Three out of four. It probably I, will be wrong, but... I like the chances. I, I'll pick them, too. Why not? Well, I yeah. mean, we know the athletes that they have, unfortunately, haven't truly gotten to see Huntington and compare their athletes to the athletes that Jefferson has. But I don't think Jefferson's just going to lay down and die and get blown out. I think that they can compete and maybe squeak it out by a touchdown. And then- be keeping my eye on during the uh, Shepherd game as much as possible because I, I think there is a shot. Jefferson has a shot. They went down. They did it again, as Eric Little said. You know, 15 minutes from Spring Valley is Huntington. So they've been down there. They've done it. 
And last week they had to do with, I want to say, they had to do with a far away hotel because of the Marshall game. It was home, or it was. Uh, I don't know. It was Marshall game. Now Marshall doesn't have a home game, so they're going to be in. They're going to stay in Huntington, which is a good thing. You don't have to go that far. You're not going to have to have a long bus trip to get to the field. Um, I think that helps a little bit, and I think you know you see. Just the way that this offense has progressed since week one and really over the last four weeks has been really, really, really good. And I think that Jefferson has a shot to win tonight. Um, but, you know, tomorrow. Gap, or tomorrow, you're right. T- tomorrow. I'm Friday night football, even though we've got two games tomorrow, one of them is we've got them, but whatever. Um, I, you know, Huntington with Gavin Lockow, I think it's going to be a tough hill to climb because I think Huntington is a different animal than Spring Valley. They are, and they are a dynamic offense there with the Highlanders. Locko is one of the better quarterbacks in the state. He's got the I mean, ability I to run and pass. I think he's so. got the ability to be an FBS quarterback. Maybe. I mean, he's Maybe. only six foot, so that might hold him back a little bit. But they do have good athletes there, you know, kids that I saw play quite a bit. Zaza Jackson is the younger brother of Devin Jackson, who was a pretty good player for them. They got Donovan Garrett on the defensive line. Um you know, they do lose some of their receivers from last year, but still, you know, a good unit here, veteran team, a lot of seniors on this group. So it's a very tough challenge. And while I think Jefferson has a chance to compete and get the win, and I just said that they're going to win, realistically, it is a good Huntington Highlanders football team with a lot of experience, playoff experience, and a good quarterback play. But Jefferson team that went seems, to the state championship last year. Yeah, Jefferson seems to have really started to click, I think, over these last few weeks. I think that uh, their quarterback play has gotten better, but the talent around him already had that experience heading in, so it was just going to take him to get that experience, and he's very confident. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to overlook this Jefferson team. I think they do know that everybody thinks that they have no chance this week against Huntington. Uh, it should be a fun football game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think there's a lot of potential for uh, an exciting game because it's two high-powered offenses. Huntington might have the edge up front, though. That might be what causes some mm-hmm. issues uh, because they do have a big and experienced offensive line there with the uh, Highlanders. I'll say first one to 50 wins. <laughs> do you think it's going to be that kind of game? <laughs> think it's going to be a shootout like that? Hammer the over, yeah. Hammer the over? Hammer the over. All right, Huntington – or uh, – you so who do you have winning? Are you making I a said, prediction? No, I'll go with Jefferson too. Why not? Yeah. Why not give me the Cougars? It's ride the Cinderella one. story, Spencer. It's gonna be a tough one, but the Huntington's got the playoff experience. Fits. Huntington has the playoff experience. Jefferson so does, does Jefferson. too. And they made it this far last year. Yeah, but they don't have the run to a state championship or state championship game. That is true. This is as far as they've been. We heard from Coach Hunter. This is as far as they've been. I mean, I wanna get I I just have to give the edge to Huntington, That's this fair. one, but it's going to be. But upsets happen, even when somebody else has the edge. Look, look, I was just you taking the words out of my mouth. I was about to say this is going to be a close game, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson upsets. I just think it's hard to pick a team that is has three losses on the year compared to a team that has one. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. In my head, that's how I see. But I, I mean, that is we're essentially getting that same matchup with the eight and the one with Park. Their South one loss Russell. though is to Spring Valley. And that was week one, and we talked about, too, Huntington's gotten a lot better since week one, I think, as the season goes on. But Jefferson just beat Spring Valley, the one team that yeah. they lost to. So you could look at it that way. I know that's kind of a 
weird way of looking at it because football, you know, there's so many different styles. You can't really compare just scores and previous outcomes, but it does give you, I think, confidence if you're Jefferson that you can go and do this again. Uh, but it will be a tough task. And I, I, I would expect Huntington to win, but I want to see, and I think there's a chance enough that I'm going to go with Jefferson just because it would be really nice to see them win. And I think, why can't they? Yeah. All right. Uh, Martinsburg game we'll have for you hosting Bridgeport the three hosting the six we'll have that for you tomorrow night a 7 30 kickoff 6 30 pregame on uh WRNR TV on YouTube and talk radio WRNR due to the SSAC uh, requiring us to pay money so fortunately we won't have it on TV 10 for you uh but uh it should be a good game and I think Martinsburg obviously has the edge in this one but I mean you bring up the point is or that Eric Little brought up and if any team is going to contend with Martinsburg, it's going to be a team that can bank the clock for a lot of the game and not allow Martinsburg to do a lot. Although I still give the edge to Martinsburg. I, I say, think Martinsburg will win. To do that last but week. I'm saying I think Bridgeport, I would agree with what Eric Little said in, in saying that any team that has, a, has the outside shot of even getting close to beating Martinsburg in the state of West Virginia, I have to give it to a team that can control the line of scrimmage and control the time of possession. Yeah, but can they truly control the line of scrimmage, especially offensively, because we know they'll love to run the ball, and that's been nearly impossible to do against Martinsburg, who still holds their opponents to under 50 rushing yards a game. Yeah. And if that's the case, Bridgeport's getting shut out again for the second year in a row. That is now, true. do I think that's going to be the case this year? Probably not. I, I think they do maybe get at least one or two touchdowns, kind of like Morgantown did last week. I would not be surprised if it's the same scoreline this week like last week. We see a competitive first half. It's 14-7, and then Martinsburg figures it out and goes up into the, the 40s and gets the win. Yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of size on this Bridgeport roster. They do have a few kids here and there. Uh, Wyatt Miner is a 6'6", 300-pounder, so... They have at least one kid that has a lot of size, but the rest of them are kind of, you know, average high school kids in the state of West Virginia sized. Um, so in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage, I'm not certain if they'll be able to do that, but you do go back to last year's game, and it is a improved offensive line according to uh, Chris George. So uh, last year's game, Bridgeport was right there on a few drives and just couldn't finish. Uh, will they be able to do that tomorrow night? I, I'm not certain, but I do think they'll be able to move the ball to an extent. I don't think Martinsburg's uh, defensive line, I don't know. I think they're slightly better maybe than last year's because those, a lot of those guys that played last year uh, have more experience this year. Uh, but you do lose Spears up front. You lose Zittle up front. Um, but they've been replaced. You know, Martinsburg reloads, doesn't really rebuild. So, it's a still a very good defensive line, uh, and you could argue that Reed is, you know, better than either of those defensive linemen they had last year that didn't return, uh, just based on his size and and just the numbers and everything he's done this year for the interior of Martinsburg's uh, defensive line. So it's a very tough team to move the ball against, um, but I do think Bridgeport will at least put up some points. Um, and make things somewhat interesting. But in the end, Martinsburg gets the win. All right, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Panhandle Leader in Sports Coverage. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg. 
All right, we're back here on this edition of the Sports Mix. And, uh, you know, obviously my take is Martinsburg's going to win this game. I just kind of agree with when a team can hold the line of scrimmage with their the way that they run their offense, an offense that really isn't run throughout the state, that's very successful. I mean, you see last year they had 2,000-yard rushers, but those two guys are gone. And you've got 2,000-yard rushers once mm-hmm. again. So it's it it's the system that's put in place there that's able to. And we even heard Coach Sherman say it. You'll hear it tomorrow on the pregame. They're, they're a team that has a system that is hard to practice against. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to build a philosophy to practice against and on a scout team. Really. Yeah, you can't really you can't. simulate it's it. It's true. So it's a lot of watching film and seeing the tendencies of these guys. And I think Martinsburg has the ability and, and will come out as victors. I just think that it could be a closer one than 21 to nothing. It just depends on how much they can stop them on second first, second, and third down to get them off the field so they're not taking control of the ballgame. And when you think about it, when you play Martinsburg in the state of West Virginia, 21 nothing is the closest game they played last year. So it, it was a close game when you really look at it in the state. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, even three touchdowns really isn't too bad. I think Bridgeport could do that again, and, and you would still say, well, Martinsburg won and shut them out, but it was a tough challenge, I still think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, again, we'll have the Martinsburg game for you tomorrow night. 6.30 pregame, 7.30 kickoff. It'll be on Talk Radio WRNR and WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but let's transition now to Shepard, which I have for you tomorrow, 12 p.m., 11.30 pregame on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, it'll be three different streams. You'll have the pregame stream, which will begin right around 11.30, and then we'll have the game stream uh, with it being an NCAA Division II playoff game. It's got to go by the NCAA rules, and then at, at we'll have a postgame stream that'll be separate from all of it. But, Nick, uh, the New Haven Chargers come in to face Shepard. Shepard coming off a loss in the PSAC championship game, and uh, you went out, went out to practice, caught up with Coach McCook and two players. And uh, what was your overall take from catching up with them and what happened last week? I think that it's pretty clear what happened last week. I think Shepard didn't really get its balance. And, you know, they, I don't think they came out and admitted that, but when you just look at the numbers and how the game played out, I think a more balanced offensive attack. I know they got down early, and maybe that led to it. But if Shepard can get its balance going this week and establish both the run and the pass, they get the win. Um, Now, New Haven is a good football team. I don't want to take anything away from them. And I think Shepard recognizes that as well. But it's potential, too, that the loss came at the right time for the Rams because you always risk that thing of, getting a bye week and then coming out flat the next week. And maybe Shepard was, you know, feeling like they couldn't be beat and went into IUP with a little bit too much confidence and then did lose or whatever the case may be. But um, this New Haven team is very good, and I think they're pretty similar to IUP in a lot of ways. Uh, when you look at how they play, their, their main game plan, I guess, is that they – Love to run the ball. They have a thousand yard rusher there in the backfield, uh, and a three hundred, four hundred yard rusher as his backup. So they have a pretty good one two punch uh at the running back position. Their quarterback is six foot six. He's got that NFL type build, pretty mobile for a six six guy as well. And their receivers are big play guys. You know, their number one target averages over twenty yards a catch, only has about thirty five catches for over seven hundred yards. So they're an explosive offense. Uh, in the passing game, but 
typically use the run to set up the pass, and they're uh, they're a good team in New Haven. I think they provide a good challenge for Shepard. Ultimately, I think the Rams do get the win, but it will be a close first-round game. And just like last year, there's a good chance that Shepard's going to play three really close playoff games that could go either way if they're able to win those games and keep on advancing to get back to the uh, semifinals. But first, got to get through the region, and it starts this week for New Haven, who is a good football team, and it could go either way, but I do think Shepard gets the win ultimately. I mean, first day that I think Shepard's going to win, but I really think it will be tough this week because we have not seen Shepard at all this year have to respond after a loss. We haven't seen that adversity for them yet at all this year. So how do they respond even if they, for some reason, have another slow start? let's say, because for the past two weeks, we've unfortunately seen that. Do they get down early again against New Haven? And because of the mindset that is different this week coming off of a loss, will frustration kick in? Can they stay positive even if, worst-case scenario, they go down by a touchdown or two again to this team to fight through that adversity and come back? So that's what I really think makes this game intriguing is how does Shepard respond after losing last week? Are you pissed off, ready to go now, saying that this will not happen again, period, end of story? Or is there some fractures in the team, some frustration in the team, that if something happens and the team gets punched in the mouth again, do they fall apart? Hopefully not. I still think Shepard's going to win. I feel like... My first scenario there, that they are pissed off and ready to go, will be the outcome of this game. But the second opportunity or the second chance there still remains. Yeah, and that's a great take on it, Colin. And, you know, that's usually what happens when you're a team that's really good and you get punched in the mouth, you lose a tough ball game, you want to come out and you want to avenge that loss immediately. Um, But, again, 11.30 pregame, 12 p.m. kickoff as Shepard hosts New Hate. New Haven, the New Haven Chargers in the first round of the NCAA Division II playoffs. We'll have that for you on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Let's move on to West Virginia, which we'll have on the radio side tomorrow. It'll be an 11 a.m. pregame show, 2 p.m. kickoff as West Virginia hosts number 15 state. And uh, Kansas State favored in this one by 7.5. The over-under set at 54.5. Colin, I believe it's senior day at Milan, Milan Puskar Stadium. Milan Puskar. Milan Puskar Stadium. Yeah, I think you are correct, and it's such a weird time, 2 p.m. Like, what what's going on beforehand for TV that it needed to be at 2 instead of you usually see for college football noon, then 3.30, and then the 7 or 7.30. So 2 p.m. is a little strange, but as you said, senior day, so emotions will be a little bit different, but you're coming off a win against Oklahoma at home. Hopefully now you can knock off and upset K-State to be on a little win streak to where it's bowl game or no bowl game against Oklahoma State on the road, which would be cool, but I don't think will happen. I'll, I'll still go with West Virginia this week to get the win and then next week probably to fall. You think they're going to win this week? I do. I, That's I, a big upset. Green will start. Also, why are they playing at which, 2? Why is we, it at 2 p.m.? You bring up a good point here. It's on ESPN+. Plus. No, I no idea then. Because they wanted to play it too. Why not? I don't know, man. I don't yeah. get it. 
Toronto too. Why don't you play at noon? I like two. That's weird because they got so Big Twelve's got a noon game, a two p.m. game, a three thirty game, and seven and seven thirty game. I don't know, man. Doesn't make sense to me. Play Nick, spoiler take? to K State because they're fighting. I mean, for Kansas the State just beat Baylor thirty-one to three. West Virginia slipped by Baylor forty-three to forty. So, I think Kansas State wins big. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. And uh, let's move on. Sun Belt action. Marshall heading to Georgia Southern to go to Allen E. Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. Six p.m. game on ESPN Plus. Marshall favored by four and a half in this one. Uh, they need this win to become bowl eligible. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Georgia Southern, but they're 5-5, five and five, so it's another kind of interesting matchup. Their quarterback has thrown 13 interceptions. That's a high number. Um, Ten touchdowns out of their running back, White. I think Marshall can get this win, but I would expect kind of another lower scoring game. Uh, we'll see that they can build on that offensive momentum from a week ago where the offense uh, looked the best it has really all season, so, at least since the Notre Dame Notre Dame game. Um, so we'll see if Marshall can build on that and continue the offensive success. But with the her defense and the high interception number, uh, I think Marshall can at least create some turnovers and some opportunities for itself to uh, pull this one out. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. I take it Colin does not have a take on this. I don't know. I mean, Marshall's defense has been solid. They're tops on third down credit. percentage in the country, I think. But the offense has three been inconsistent, defense. so – you look at Georgia Southern, who has yeah, had but your a field goal kicker's offense. really good, Colin. Yeah, but field goals are fewer points than touchdowns. So if Georgia Southern's putting up touchdowns, can Marshall's offense compete and try to match that? And I don't know. It depends on how, how that offense of the herd comes out. Yeah, Georgia Southern did upset Nebraska. So, but Nebraska, but Nebraska—that's not really an upset. It's still an upset. They upset Nebraska. James Madison. Yeah, that's true. I remember watching that game. And James Madison um, really isn't an upset, though. Now that what we know about him. Yeah. <laughs> They're not right. as good as we fall with All right, we've got about five minutes, so we got to hit the next break here. <laughs> Sounded like you wanted to hit it now. Uh, no, did not want to hit it right now. Spencer uh, always wants to hit it right now. <laughs> All right, Commanders, uh, 1 p.m. on Sunday. They're at the Texans. 11 a.m. pregame show from the Commanders Radio Network on Talk Radio WRNR uh, with the 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Commanders favored at the Texans by three points right now. The over-under set at 40 and a half. Uh, they're rolling. But Colin said on Monday this could be a trap game. Yeah, you're coming off cloud nine of upsetting Philadelphia on the road. It, big game. I mean, an 11-point win, but now you're going on the road again taking on Houston, who is a very bad team this year. Washington hopefully gets Chase Young back. I like their chances. But he'll be on a pitch count if he, if he comes back. I'll still give him the win, but it might be close just because Houston's going to come out ready to go, and you'll have to see if Washington has still got a good game plan or if they're still stuck on the fact that they just knocked off the Eagles. All right, I'm trying While to see what we got the Texans are a bad team, news. I would say that they have played some close mm-hmm. games this season, so I would expect the game to be close. Uh, Heck, they competed with the Eagles two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they were up on the Eagles. They only lost 24-16 last week to the Giants, 17-10 to the Titans. Uh, early in the year, they tied the Colts, You know, lost to the Broncos by seven, lost to the Bears by three, so beat the Jaguars by seven. So, I mean, they play close games for the most part, so I think the Texans will keep it close. 
I would still go with the Commanders to win the game because this Texans team just doesn't seem like they're good enough to come out on top in a lot of those games. But I think they can keep it close and make it entertaining. But uh, you got to go with the Commanders, I think, based on how they've been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, and uh, we've got, uh, you know, usually during the Friday show at some point we hear the injury updates. Uh, It's kind of like a 12-30, 12-45 time frame for when Ron Rivera makes the announcement out against the Texans will be once again Cole Holcomb, J.D. McKissick, Armani Rodgers, David Mayo, Jonathan Williams, Christian Holmes, all questionable. And uh, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas are both good to go. Uh, Then about uh, Chase Young, they have not activated him to the 53-man roster yet. He could get activated tomorrow. Activate him, please. Rivera said there's no guarantee he'll play on Sunday. That decision will come down to game day. If he's not activated Saturday, then he will be activated the uh, of Tuesday the following week. 23rd is the deadline, but I think they're going to activate him because unless, unless something happens, he's going to play, whether he plays this week or not, is what it seems like is going to be the key in this one. Also, Jamin Davis. I guess he wore the we, – we had heard a few weeks back when Cole Holcomb was out that uh, – Cam Curl would be the guy wearing the communication. Mm-hmm. Well, he had the green dot last week against the Eagles, and it was huge because Rivera said he's been able to develop and is the defensive play caller once again this week. That is Sounds huge. Good. I think that is huge. Uh, but uh, that's enough. Commanders talk again. 11 a.m. pregame show Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff as the Commanders travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Also at 1 p.m. on Fox, but unfortunately it won't be in the area. The Ravens host the Panthers. Ravens favored by 13 in this one, Nick. Uh, it's going to be a clear-cut winner for the Ravens. You would think so, but I never count anything as a clear-cut win in the NFL. And uh, Especially going up against Baker Mayfield, who's at least familiar with the Ravens. Uh, it's a different defense with a new defensive coordinator, but uh, he's familiar with a lot of their players and has played against them. You know, numerous times and has beaten the Ravens once, I believe, maybe twice. So, uh, you know, it should be, I think, a Ravens win, you would think, by multiple scores. But, you know, it's the NFL, and I think Carolina's team obviously isn't very good, but you never know. So I, I would expect the Ravens to win big, but I don't, I don't want to count out Carolina, and I honestly rather go up against P.J. Walker than – baker in some ways even though baker's really struggled i just think that with his experience and the talent is more there in mayfield i still believe than in walker so yeah from that perspective i would be a little bit more worried about it but i still think the ravens win and i'm not like thinking it's going to be a good game but you never know you never know also steelers in action sunday 425 on cbs as they host the Bengals. Bengals favored in this one by four points over under set at 40 and a half i mean i think the Bengals are going to get clear no cut. joe burrow and four in the division all right nick give me pittsburgh again i think cincinnati finally yeah. wins in the division i think cincinnati gets nope. the division winner there Favor the steelers all right then nick and uh sunday night football the game flexed that flexed the steelers Bengals game out is uh chiefs at Chargers from SoFi Stadium. That'll be an 8:20 kickoff, and you can tune in on Sunday night. The NFL Today beginning at 7:30 on West from Westwood One on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. But that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. 
we come back, we'll hear from Christian Palmer, play-by-play voice for the Huntington Highlanders, when we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix, back in two minutes. It's the excitement of NCAA Division II football on TV10 featuring the Shepherd University Rams. Looks to throw. Throws to the back of the end zone for Morgan. Caught. Touchdown, Shepard. E.J. Morgan with his first career touchdown. Join us this Saturday, November 19th, as the Rams begin their playoff push against the New Haven Chargers. Kickoff is scheduled for noon with pregame coverage beginning at 1130 right here on TV10 and WRNR-TV on YouTube. Hear from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix this fall. They really showed that they have a lot of grit. They can play with just about anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. Our senior leadership stepped up and said his playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. And it was solidifies some things. I really think the key for our team is ball control. They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night. The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6. Ollie's VIP Northside is the best spot to catch all your favorite teams. Join us Monday for Dollar Wings and Monday Night Football. Thursdays on the patio for the Cornhole Tourney. Friday Night Lights with Happy Hour Specials or after the college games for steak night. Get a ribeye or New York steak for just $26.95. Ollie's has great food and drink menus too along with 17 TVs to watch any game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. Your Martinsburg Bulldogs state title defense continues Saturday night as the Bridgeport Indians come to town seeking revenge from last year's semifinal. Two receivers to each side for Bajan. He sends one from right to left. It's a jet sweep to Clement. Clement goes up the middle, lowers his shoulder, goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Tune in Saturday at 6.30 as your Martinsburg Bulldogs host the Bridgeport Indians. And it's right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Had to move some things around. We're now joined on the phone by Christian Palmer, play-by-play voice for the Huntington Highlanders. And Christian, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing really good. Thought my eye appointment was going to mess everything up and uh, thought I wasn't going to get on the air and I was going to miss out, but really glad to be here. Always enjoy talking to you guys and glad everything worked out. Yes, glad everything worked out too, and uh, you get to see another Eastern Pan or an Eastern Panhandle team down there this week. Uh, and, uh, that being the Jefferson Cougars, they're going to play Huntington tomorrow for a one thirty game. But uh, take it back to last week, and uh, we had you on to talk about the game against Woodrow Wilson, and uh, it was a kind of it was really a blowout for Huntington over Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, more of the same, Spencer. Really, that's how it's been all season long for Huntington High. Two really close games, one right off the bat against Spring Valley, a one-point loss, and then earlier this month, a three-point win against Hurricane. But every other game decided by three touchdowns or more. So really more of the same. 
from Huntington. Thought that Woodrow Wilson could maybe give Huntington uh, another good game. It was pretty close for the first half and then some of the first matchup. Beckley did an excellent job running the ball and dominating time of possession in the first half. But, man, this one was a blowout right out of the gate. Huntington's offense just doing numbers on Beckley, 62 points, and they scored early and they scored often. Christian, uh, Highlanders coming off of that first-round win. Jefferson coming off of an upset over Spring Valley. Spring Valley was the only team to beat Huntington. So what chances do you kind of give the Cougars tonight, uh, a team that's obviously playing with a lot of momentum? Well, yeah, that that's uh, one thing that everybody's thinking about, Nick. You mentioned it, the one loss for Huntington to Spring Valley, and Jefferson beat Spring Valley pretty handily next week. So I think that you would be a fool to say, oh, this is going to be uh, a sure, certain win for Huntington. Jefferson certainly has a great chance to win this game tomorrow. And, yeah, it's a, a long road trip for the Cougars, but, hey, that was the recipe for success last week. Pretty much the same travel to Huntington as to Spring Valley. I actually live in the Spring Valley area and drive to Huntington for work every day, so it's not too far of a drive. And I think that the Cougars have a good chance to win this game. Honestly, I'm about 50-50 on this one, Nick. You know, Jefferson playing really good teams this year up in the eastern part of the state and an 8-3 and overall record, but just one loss in the team's last eight games, and that came to Martinsburg, who beats pretty much everybody. So I am really looking forward to this game, and I think both teams have a great shot. Christian, Colin here, I agree with you. I think it's a 50-50 shot, so I want to kind of break it down and see where you give each team the edge in, and let's start off offensively up front the offensive line of Jefferson and the defensive line of Huntington and then go opposite for each who do you give the edge to when it comes to the battle of the trenches I honestly I think I might have to give that to Jefferson the battle of the trenches one of the things that really impressed me when watching some film on this team was the offensive and especially the defensive line. I believe uh, the game against Hedgesville is the one I uh, found easily on YouTube. Watched that back a couple of times, and my goodness, the pass rush was evident almost on every single play, not giving the offense any time to get into rhythm or anything. Uh, Quentin Goins was uh, one player in particular who I really notice he just popped off the tape it's going to be tough for the Huntington O-line this week but they've been solid this year you know there hasn't been a lot of games at all where senior quarterback Gavin Locko is back there uh, just running for dear life and Zaza Jackson the team's starting running back over 1,000 yards rushing this season so it's not like Huntington has a bad offensive or defensive line but, man, the Cougars' line just really stood out to me when watching film. Who do you give the edge to when it comes to those athletes, since I know you just mentioned Zaza and them for Huntington compared to Jefferson with 
We know Tool in the backfield as well as Powell and then Robinson, Penwell, Fritz, all of them. I might give Huntington the slight advantage there, and which this is, you know, splitting hairs. It really is. Both teams have been excellent offensively. Jefferson scoring over 30 points in seven of the team's 11 games this season, and then Huntington scoring almost over 40 points in every game this year, all but two contests, the team scoring over 40 points. But I think I would give the slight edge to the Highlanders Mentioned Zaza Jackson hitting a big career milestone last week, getting over 1,000 yards on the season. But Wayne Harris with another exceptional game. He had four catches last week, guys. Three going for touchdowns. 122 total yards. He already set the school record in terms of touchdown receptions in a single season earlier in the year, about a month ago at this point, but up to 15 on the year. Those two are just so explosive. You give them any space, and they're probably going to go the distance. I'm going to give Huntington the slight advantage there, but you mentioned a couple of the skill guys on Jefferson. Really impressive as well. And Powell, that is a great target for this Cougar offense. He is another impressive skill player. Christian, when I look at this game and we've kind of broken down both sides and how they're pretty even in a lot of, uh, you know, the main offensive categories, but one place where it might just come down to is Gavin Locko with his experience as a quarterback. Not that Dylan Herrick is a bad quarterback, but just hasn't had that playoff experience uh, of making it to the state championship game. And uh, Locko now of three-year starter there for the Highlanders as well, and this is Herrick's first year as a starting quarterback. Yeah, you would certainly give the quarterback edge to Huntington High, and man, can get it done just about every single way, Nick. You had the opportunity to be the play-by-play his first year as a starter, and he has really progressed since then, and he is really the main reason why this offense is so unpredictable Some weeks they will go with the ground and pound and use him to do a lot of that. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, he ran the ball 24 total times for three rushing touchdowns in the contest. And then last week, runs the ball just four times but throws for four touchdown passes. He's committed to play at Dayton. He's going to be a flyer, and he can really fly down the field when he's running the ball, but Gosh, he has a great arm as well, and just tons of options. Mentioned Wayne Harris, but also players like Miles Metters, uh, Malik McNeely, uh, Tavian Chandler, Marshall Christus. There's about five or six different guys on this team who have a touchdown reception this season. So not only is Locko great, but the receivers around him make him look pretty good too. All right, Christian, thanks for the time. We're running close on time here, and uh, maybe we're uh, seeing you next week. Hey, I hope so. It was good talking to you guys. Hopefully we can do it again next week. All right, Christian, thanks for coming on. And uh, that's Christian Palmer, the play-by-play voice for the Huntington Highlanders uh, down in Huntington, West Virginia on ESPN 94.1 FM, AM 930. believe it will be on 98.7 The Planet this week, though. Yeah, it will. Because of the Marshall game? I could be wrong. I don't know. But uh, we're getting close to time here on the show. 
as uh, got about two minutes left in the show, guys. What are your weekend thoughts uh, for quarterfinals and uh, college and NFL for parting parting take? I guess. Um, I well, I think there's a chance we could see all three EPAC schools advance. Obviously, two of them have to pull up pretty pull off pretty big upsets, but uh, I think they'll at least you know represent the Eastern Panhandle well and play some competitive football games. Um, in terms of college, go herd. And uh, we'll see about the Mountaineers if they can get a win too. That'd be awesome. But I just don't give them much of a chance this no week. Go Rams. Uh, well, obviously go Rams. But I mean, obviously. I'm on the call for that, so I can't really be too biased toward it. And then last but certainly not least, um, go Ravens. And the Commanders are going to win, but they're not good still. <laughs> Colin. I'm ready to relax after this week of great football. Enjoy the uh, holiday next week, and then still hoping that we have plenty of teams to talk to next week as well so that I still have to come into the office for something. <laughs> All right. Well, that, we'll, uh, we'll begin to wrap things up tonight. Thanks to WVVV and Parkersburg. V96.9, I believe, will be airing the Park South game as they host Musselman tonight. So if you are tuned, if you want to tune in on the radio side, we've got you covered there. Also, we'll be tweet, er, tweeting. We'll be posting the link on our Facebook page for the video stream from WTAP in Parkersburg. If you, you want to tune into too. that. Yeah, we can tweet that out as well. And then tomorrow, 12, we'll be pulling the doubleheader on TV10. And uh, we'll start with 11.30 pregame for Shepard hosting New Haven in the first round of the Division II playoffs with 12 p.m. kick. Then 6.30 pregame for a 7.30 kickoff as number six Bridgeport comes to take on number three Martinsburg. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to all our guests for coming on today. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you on Monday. We'll be right back.